Well, bless you, Gerard, for that wonderful encouragement. Yeah, God is here. He is with us. And that is the awesome thing. He's with us always. What a word from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And um, just think, uh, there's a couple of things before I get into what I wanted to say this morning. It was on my heart. Um, as we were taking communion, and this often happens to me when I'm doing this, I take, as the elements are brought to me, I think, if we really understood what lay behind, what's involved in this, and the effect of this covenant that the Lord has formed, undertaken, sealed with his own blood, we would be meditating upon it, you know, much, much more than we do. I was, um, just the very power of the blood, it says in the scripture, the blood still speaks. And the blood of Jesus is still speaking today. And is um, still powerful today to save, to protect, to deliver, to set free. Praise the Lord. I was reading just uh, a few days ago one of these daily meditations that Joseph Prince puts out from Singapore. And he was looking back to the days when he was studying at Bible college, but in the middle of that, uh, during that time, in order to get money in, he was also um, working as a part-time teacher. And um, what he would do, he would pray um, and the part of the day that he wasn't um, engaged to work and take lessons. He would pray and, uh, and ask the Lord to lead him in his prayers. Well, this particular day, uh, he felt very strongly from the Lord to pray for a particular girl, the name of a particular pupil in his class. And so he did, just out of obedience to the drawing of the Spirit upon his heart. The next morning when he got in, everything was in commotion as, um, at the school. Um, several of the pupils in his class, several of the girls, I don't know why it was girls that were taken, had been captured by um, this serial killer that was at large at that time called Adrian Lim. And um, his plan was to kill them and offer their blood to the gods. He had this weird occultish type of idea that by offering their blood to the gods would give him more power. And um, anyway, the way, it, and so everybody was, and all the security forces were in a terrible upset and everything, as you can imagine, the parents and the school. Anyway, one of the girls was um, set free. And um, when she had recovered after the sort of counselling that was given, she came back to school and um, he asked her what happened and how it was that she, out of the others, um, was uh, released. And so she said, well, before um, he did what he did, um, he was going, chanting and going through 
different sort of occultist type of practices. And then in the midst of all this, he suddenly turned to her and said, the gods don't want you uh, anymore, you can go. Unfortunately, the other girls were brutally killed. But you know, in praying for that girl, um, Joseph Prince had been led in his prayers to pray and declare the protection of the blood upon that girl. And lo and behold, there it was. She was the only one set free. Strange, but powerful. Do you remember way back in um, the uh, Exodus, there when the Spirit of God, uh, God spoke to Moses and instructed him that they would take a lamb and the blood of the lamb would be put upon the lintels and the doorposts of the house. And when he passed over, when the spirit of death passed over, the Lord said, I will not permit the destroyer to enter. When I see the blood, that's the full sentence, when I see the blood, I will not permit the destroyer to enter. Down. The, blood, the blood of Jesus is powerful. It's powerful today, just as it was back then and has been always. Just so incredible. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, we, we just have this and we need to remember when we take this, we can pray the protection of the blood of Jesus over our family, over ourselves, over the church. You know, we can thank God for the power of the blood and the power of his covenant um, for us. The covenant of grace, a covenant of forgiveness, covenant of healing. It's covenant. The Lord Jesus said, this blood is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. It's still that powerful today. Oh, let's take this. It's something to meditate on. As we take that bread, it's something to meditate on. By his stripes we were healed. This bread is my body broken for you. Somehow in the mystery of all of that, the stripes that fell upon Jesus fell upon him as a substitute for us. And by his stripes we were healed. It is its covenant. We can count upon it. We can stand upon it. Praise the Lord. I find this awesome. I had um, what I considered to be a, an escape um, just, a, just recently when I was going to the dump at, uh, near Worcester, or between Worcester and, and North Walsham, uh, driving along. And I passed through, I was going along that road um, which passes through Smallborough and Dillham and then gets out. And it's still a rural road and quite narrow. And as I was driving along there, something happened which has never happened to me whilst driving in over 50 years. Suddenly, there was the most almighty explosion. Bang! It really went like that. And um, I didn't know what on earth was happening. I could hear all this stuff going on and stuff hitting the road and everything. And I couldn't stop anywhere because, um, you know, there was, there was a fair bit of traffic on the road, etc., and it's narrow. So I just carried on until I could find a place to pull over. And finally I saw just a little, a little area at the edge 
just as it comes out of the rural road but has fully developed into the wider road and before you turn right to go to the to the dump so i pulled over and i looked at the back and the back tire the offside back tire was um was as an absolute mess and mass of cables and wires and everything and it all just exploded in the middle don't know what caused it or why but anyway so I thought, oh, bloody, so I've got to try and get down here and change this wheel. And there's lorries going along and it's narrow. And my car is right on the edge. So I'm over there. And then I see a car come on. So I try and get out of the way. And it was dangerous. So I was praying. Believe me, I was praying. So I was praying so much. I thought, I'm going to get some prayer back up here. So I rang Jill and told her what had happened. I said, look, please just pray. This is a real dangerous situation here. So anyway, I managed to get on. I got the car sufficiently up to where it was still touching the, the ground and I could start to and give me traction to undo the wheel nuts, etc., etc. And I just got, um, I got them all un, sufficiently undone. So, and then I started lifting it up again, danger. When all of a sudden I spied on the other side of the road coming down there, um, uh, the, the fellow down at Sea Pauline who dis distributes um, gas cylinders and he's a man called Ian and he's looked after my car for years in, near, in the near 20 years that I've been up here he used to own Sea Pauline garage on the coast and uh, lovely guy I spoke to him plenty of times and prayed for him and seen miracles take place in his life but he still holds back but anyway the fact of the matter is he passed by and, and I waved and then got back to what I was doing. Within a few minutes, he he was turned he turned around and come up and was behind me, parked his vehicle somewhere down the road, um, and uh, he came and just took over. He said, "Here," he said, "Let me take this," and so he took over and went a jiffy. Um, he's so strong and so used to this stuff. Had changed the wheel, and I was on my way. I rang Jill up and I told her what had happened, and she said. Um, do you know that's amazing i asked the lord to send someone to help you and blow me there he just turned up and i thought lord you're just here looking after me a very dangerous uncomfortable situation to be in but the lord was there isn't it wonderful he said i will be with you always even to the end of the age amen so i just i've been wanting to share that it's been never seemed quite right but um these last you know, two or three weeks but anyway just to let you know god is good isn't he um colossians uh chapter two i've been drawn um uh, these, uh, these last few days um to this verse in chapter six this is an amazing uh, as we all know the book of colossians is an amazing thing amazing le uh, letter that paul writes and the reason he wrote it the main reason was really to set forth and to remind this church who were being knocked to and fro in their thinking by people who had come in and were introducing other um, gods and other peoples. They admired and respected Jesus, but somehow, like people are today, often there's a lot of respect for Jesus and people realise he is great, but they seem to be happy to add in other um, people like 
Buddha, other personalities who seem to them to be equally important in the, as in the company of Jesus, like Buddha, Moses, Socrates and Mohammed for an historical start, along with some personal favourites. For these people, Jesus is important but not central. His prestige is considerable, but he is not, in their eyes, preeminent. And the folk in the town of Colossae, or at least some of them, seem to have been taking this line. For them, cosmic forces, occult type of things of one sort or another, were getting equal billing with Jesus. And Paul writes to them in an attempt to restore and set forth Jesus, the Messiah, as the centre of their lives. And he does so in the most magnificent um, words. And he says in, in Colossians chapter 1, he declares he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is, this is why the church is never going to fail, because Jesus can never fail. He is the head, head so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God, the Father, this was his purpose, was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let me just complete this thing. Whether once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he, evil in the scripture often means unbelieving. When the spies came back from uh, their examination, exploration of the promised land, they came back, the scripture calls the report they brought back was an evil report. You know, what was their report, uh, what was it about their report that made it evil? Did they come back with bad stories about one another and bad, uh, or did they come back using bad language or whatever? Um, no, what it was, evil about it, it was a report of unbelief. And God, in God's eye, we came to Jesus, we were unbelievers. And therefore, uh, the, in God's definition here, it says, because of your evil behaviour, our behaviour was unbelieving. But now, he has reconciled, because of Jesus, he's reconciled us by Christ's physical body, which is what we're celebrating here today and every Sunday, through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Isn't that just awesome? Don't you realise, we do realise surely that if we died tonight, often the evangelist, one of his questions is, where would you be if you died tonight? 
Oh, praise the Lord, we can see, we can say with confidence that if we believe in Jesus, we will be in his presence. We won't be in the presence of Buddha or Socrates or Confucius or any of these other uh, things, or Muhammad. We'll be in the presence of Jesus because he is the unique, perfect, holy Son of God and he is the only one who did and who could effectively die for our sins upon the cross. That is awesome. And we have this covenant with the Lord that the Lord declared that night on the, at the Last Supper, this blood is the new covenant in my blood. Shed for many for the remission of sins. Our sins are forgiven. Let's never, ever forget the grace of that wonderful statement. So when we, if we died tonight, we would be immediately presented holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Isn't it amazing, the thief on the cross, when he just, Lord, he, all he could do, he had no time to do any good works, he had no time to show any repentance, all he could do was to say, Lord, he called Jesus Lord, that's key. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord's response to that was, this, this day, verily I say to you, this day you will be with me in paradise. Total acceptance, total grace, total forgiveness, totally new. This day, you will be with me in paradise. Don't you love Jesus? Isn't that awesome? The power of his death on the cross is immediately effective for all of us, no matter what age we are when we accept Jesus. No matter what we've done in our life or haven't done in our life. The truth of the matter is, whatever sin or misdeeds, whatever that we've ever done, we're all... Um, ahead of Jesus when he died for us. So he died knowing whatever we would do. He died knowing however we would miss it and mess up. And yet he saw the future right from that moment and both sins from the past, the present and the future are all cleared. And we have a new sheet. I find that eternally and completely both amazing and thrilling. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. So, let me just finish this off. So, he's going to present us holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And that, brothers and sisters, is good news. Hallelujah. And then I love this scripture here, uh, in chapter six, uh, in verse 6 of, chapter, of the next chapter, number 2. So then, he says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. 
Now, these are markers for our lives. To be, to re, just as we receive Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Let's just think back for a moment, just how we receive Jesus as Lord. The amazing thing is, it was utter simplicity. A moment we came to faith, and all of us who know Jesus and love him, will have come to faith at one time or another. Whether it was a dramatic or were instant, uh, a dramatic incident, or whether it was a slow growth of awareness till you became aware of the fact that Jesus is alive, that your faith in him was real, and that he loved you, and you realised you loved him, and you could trust him for today and, and all of the future. There was that moment when that encounter took place and your spirit was quickened on the inside of you and you became alive to God and his word became alive to you. Hallelujah. How did that happen? It was so simple. You never earned it. It's so important to say that. You never earned it. But it is his gift. The gift of righteousness. What people strive for with religious works, going to church, putting money in the plate, doing all kinds of good works. Some people try to earn it by going on pilgrimage and, and, and uh, kneeling on stones and glass as they go up through a painful path to get to some place, the ultimate place of pilgrimage. All of that counts for nothing. That's the truth. What counts is that Jesus died and shed his blood for you and me and rose again from the dead in order that we might be justified before the presence of God our Father and have access into his presence in the new and living way, the way of life that Jesus has opened up for us. There's such a simplicity. I just wanted to stress that. Jesus did it all. He cried out, on the cross, before he released his spirit to the Father, he cried out, it is finished. What a wonderful word that is. It is finished. And so you can't add to it, and you to what he's done, and you can't take away from what he's done. I just want to proclaim and encourage you with good news this morning, because it's so simple, and it's so wonderful, and it makes us a new creation on the inside we're made totally new the old things are passed away and behold everything has become new a new relationship with the father and you know what floods into you when that happens is joy when you suddenly perceive you suddenly see your eyes are suddenly open jesus said you can't even see my kingdom unless you've been born again that born-again thing happens when your spirit becomes alive uh, to God. And so joy comes. I remember it back myself, age 17, standing there at the front, having responded to an altar call. And um, the amazing thing was, I wasn't particularly conscious of sin. Uh, it's the thing, because some people are very conscious of sin. It takes us all different ways. I was just aware that God loved me and he was drawing me and he wanted me to go to the front and give my life to him and say, yes, Jesus, come into my life and make me what you want me to be. That kind of thing. 
And so, trembling and, uh, and whatever, I made my way to the front and stood there with my hanky, of course. And um, it was an amazing thing. And joy, joy. C.S. Lewis wrote a book about his conversion experience, Surprised by Joy, after years of agnosticism or atheism, and atheism, or from atheism to agnosticism, he finally came to believe and see that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and the Saviour of the world. And as he opened his heart to him, he was flooded with joy. Took him by surprise, but it never left. And I've got to say myself, that's it. Hey, I'm, that's over 60 years ago for me now, just getting the arithmetic right. And the joy... And the reality of Jesus has never faded because he is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the eternal son of the eternal God and the eternal saviour. And one day he's coming back again to wrap it all up as we were and bring his kingdom in. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Yes. And this whole thing... You know, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, there is so much that is to do with our receiving. We can never earn it, but what we can do is believe and receive. Receive and believe, however you do it. Believe and receive, and in he comes. He knocks at the door of our heart. Even now, even when we're saved, even when we know him, he knocks at the door of our heart because he's wanting us to have more. More of him. All God's fullness. Don't you ever wonder about that? All Please the Father for all his fullness to dwell in Jesus. Jesus is full and in him is all the fullness of the Godhead, the Father. And he wants you to live in him and to live in that fullness. Hallelujah. Oh, God, Lord, ask and you receive, the Lord said, and your joy will be full. Bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So, living in him, what is it? it goes on to say, so just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, how did you do that? You put your faith in him and you asked him into your heart. It's as simple as that. As you did that, with faith, continue to live in him. So continually be a receiver. Every day, there's more of Jesus to receive. He wants us to put, he goes on to say here, being rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So every day, he wants us to be putting our roots down into a deeper union with Jesus Christ. There's no end to his love. There's no end to the depths of Jesus Christ. And as we, and you know, so much of our entering into that and enjoying that comes out of our thanking him for who he is. Thanksgiving is such a key. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, doesn't it say there that to give thanks in all or to, to give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 
What's God's will for you is to give thanks every day in every way for all things or in all things. You may not necessarily be terribly thankful about getting COVID or something like that, but you can thank the Lord that he's with you in it and will bring you out of it and through it. Praise the Lord. Thanksgiving releases his power. It releases his life in us. Thanksgiving quickens us. It stirs us. It strengthens us. Strengthening the faith. What did the Lord say in Psalm 8? He says, just to look at this very uh, briefly, in Psalm 8, the Lord says that uh, here, Spirit says, even through the mouths of children and babes, from the lips of children of infants, you have ordained, that is decreed, um, praise. Decreed that praise should come because of our enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Satan, our enemy, our destro the destroyer, hates the sound of praise. When you start to praise the Lord, you're giving a great big kick to the enemy to get out of your circumstances and situation. And you are strengthening yourself. He can't stand it. It silences him. It silences his lies. It just, it just makes him shut up and go away. When you give yourself and decide to praise the Lord and it silences the foe and the avenger. What an amazing, even a child can do that. Bless the Lord. Yeah. So let's be rooted and built up in him. Put the roots of our life down into Jesus, into his word. Let's be rooted in love. Let's be rooted in forgiveness. How many times? You know, people when people can irritate you at times. We all, we all have our weaknesses and we all have times where people can irritate us. But what should be our fixed stance? is to be rooted in forgiveness. We're a people for whom forgiveness is not an option because as he has forgiven us, as the Lord has forgiven us, we are to forgive one another. Life in the church, life in God's people, life amongst the family of God should actually be a wonderful experience. It should be a life-giving experience. It should be always an encouraging experience because we're the kind of people who are determined never to hold a grudge or never to hold uh, things against another person. We're totally committed to release them and to release the grace of God into their lives. Rooted in forgiveness. Peter, of course, they, they said, how many times must we do this? Seven times? That, of course, is what the teachers of the law said with perfection. Seven the Lord's reply immediately was, no, not seven times, 70 times seven. Ah, oh, Peter's response was, Lord, increase our faith. Help us. You know, so, but the fact is, the Lord wasn't joking. And he wasn't saying, no, you can count up to 490 and then you can go for it. No, 70 times seven. In other words, on and on and on we're beaten. We're a forgiving people. We're a people of love. 
and we love one another. Amen. And rooted in grace. God's grace is amazing. I've just been reading, I was going through James the other day, and um, the other week in fact, and came across this scripture, but he gives more grace. What an amazing statement that is. It comes just after it says in the scripture that he is jealous over the spirit he has caused to dwell inside us. Because, of course, he knows our potential. And he knows not only our potential, but knows how we miss it so often. And yet, even though we miss it, it says, yet he gives more grace. He's constantly covering us. He's constantly thinking the best of us. He's, he's constantly believing the best of us. What with God? Do you know, it's the most wonderful thing, you know, to grow up in a house where your father, your parents, believe the best of you. And they are great encouragers. What a, what a gift it is to have parents or to have friends that, that, who are encouraging. And we need to be encouragers of one another. Amen? That's really, in so many, many ways, what it's all about. He gives more grace. So submit yourselves to God. Who are you to judge your neighbour? Um... James said, submit yourselves to God because he gives more grace. Amen. And let's just be strengthened as I bring this to a close this morning. Let's be strengthened in the faith as we were taught. It says here that when Abraham, I love the fact that Abraham is a great man of faith, yet he wasn't afraid to face the facts. He wasn't afraid to look at the situation and realise really, naturally speaking, this is totally impossible, you know. But it says, it says here um, that no unbelief, Paul writes in Romans, he was strengthened in his faith uh, as he gave glory to God. So the praise of the thanksgiving strengthened his faith to the point where it says in the Amplified, no unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's a thing that praise and thanksgiving does. It strengthens our faith. Amen. We've all got challenges in our life. I've got plenty of challenges in mind. But the fact of the matter is, as someone said here this morning, I don't know whether it was Gerard or whether Anthea mentioned it, that God's word is true. We found that out. His word is true. And the one thing, I was just writing to somebody uh, to encourage them this week, and I said, it's an amazing, it always is an amazing thing to me that Jesus, who has all power, at his command, could nevertheless write and give time to write in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, that he told this parable specifically to show that men ought always to pray and not give up, and that's women as well. So the reality is this. He, the Lord recognised there are situations we will face in our lives where it takes time. Things just don't give readily that easily and um, we need to apply perseverance and patience to our faith and just keep praying 
and knowing that God hears and receives every prayer and he sees exactly what's going on. And it says the Lord does give, shall he not receive justice? Shall he not win through? Yes, he will receive it and it will become, it will come quickly. The only thing is the Lord's quickly uh, is often not the same as our quickly and we have to adjust ourselves to the pace and the rhythm of heaven. Uh, but the Lord's still watching over his word to perform it, praise the Lord. We can trust him and trust his word. And let's, and let's be overflowing with thankfulness. Amen. So come here this morning. That's what keeps us fresh. That's what keeps us young in our spirit, is to be overflowing with thankfulness. As I come here this morning, I'll just be just full of thankfulness to be able to come and share a morning with you all, knowing that all of you love the Lord. And we're here, we come, he says, don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together, but, you, but meet together so that you may encourage one another and stir one another up to love and to good works. And that's really my purpose this morning. It's just to encourage you to love one another and do good works and love God and know that Jesus is alive, that he's the, the overcomer, and because you're in him, he's made you to be even more than an overcomer yourselves. So we can leave this place today knowing we are overcomers, and no matter what um, the week to come will throw at us, we are overcomers, and Jesus is with us all the time. Amen, amen, amen. So Father, let's just pray.